This week on History Makers, we speak to Larry Gills, the pastoral care counsellor at New Hope Christian Fellowship in Hawaii. And uh, Hawaii has a whole bunch of great churches. New Hope is probably one of the biggest churches in Hawaii. And I'm sitting here in Pastor Larry's office and I can see books from Chuck Swindoll, from Henry Cloud, Joshua Harris, James Dobson, Ravi Zacharias. And I'm thinking, I just want to get into his bookshelf and have a read of all these things. Lee Strobel, some of my favorite authors. Uh, Now, Pastor Larry uh, has worked in many churches, uh, has a fantastic ministry, uh, reaching out to people in the counseling ministry here at New Hope. Let's find out a bit of your story. Where were you raised, and uh, what was your family environment like, and then how did you come to Christ? Thanks, Matt. Uh, just let me say as we begin, um, I'm happy as Larry. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I was raised in California and uh, uh, out in the desert in California. My family moved from uh, Southern California out to the desert because I had a health problem, and so uh, my dad took us there uh, to primarily because of me, although there was great hunting and fishing there, <laughs> and that didn't hurt him much. But um, when I was a child, um, my mom and dad, who had both known the Lord at a period of time in their life, had kind of backed off, and, and probably a lot of pe- listeners have that same experience. They had a bad church experience. Someone in the church hurt their feeling. My dad said, oh, the place is full of hypocrites. And I went, <laughs> I mean, later on I was going, well, where else should hypocrites be? But anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, both my mom and dad uh, had an experience with the Lord, and somehow they knew there was reality there. So they would send my sister and me to Sunday school, but uh, actually, it gave them about an hour and a half of free time without kids. So, but what happened there, uh, and a great word to you parents, is that the Sunday school teachers loved us kids and seeded us with the truth of God's Word. So, we learned about Jesus, and we learned Jesus loves me, we learned the little songs. And so, uh, without my parents uh, well, actually, it fulfilled, I think, what they wanted to, to give us a little bit of, of background training. If if I might say that any parents that say, well, I'm not going to take my kids to church because when they get old enough, they'll get to learn that, you're making the biggest mistake because what you're doing is you're teaching them not to go to church, <laughs> you know. And so uh, when they get older, they can choose not to. But, boy, uh, and when I turned 14... I said, so that's it. I'm a teenager now, and I can quit. And my dad said, okay. But uh, the if I could say uh, the damage had been done, the seed had been sown in my heart. And so then I I wandered around, uh, and, I, and I did my best seed sowing uh, wild oats that I could possibly do. And at age 20, after I had been in college a couple of years, lost my dreams um, and uh, was just floating. In fact, it was uh, in night like 1960. Anybody out there know what 1960 was like? And so uh, 
there was uh, Hippie um, Maynard Krebs. Was that his name that that used to play the on Dobie Gillis on yeah. the Dobie Gillis program? And he was a he was a beatnik. That was it. And so I decided in 1960 that I was going to be a beatnik. Let my beard grow and got some bongo drums and oh man, and my dad was so gracious to let me stay at home, but I was totally lost, uh, just floating. I knew I needed structure in my life, so I started looking at the military, you know, and they they had structure, and um, but my mom had really come to the Lord while I was in college. I left home, she came back to the Lord, and she started really, really, genuinely, fervently seeking the Lord and praying for us kids. My mother, who's uh, my sister, who's a few years older than me, so mom was praying for us. Well, I came back home, beard growing, bongo drums, and mom prayed for me. She would invite me to church, but no, I didn't go. But she kept praying, and she quit putting pressure on me. So short of the story is that I went to church with her one day, and when I did, there was this amazing, I'm going to make a sound, I don't know whether you're going to hear it or not, but it's a, and though it wasn't audible outside, it was in my heart. Well, I had heard this scripture when Sunday school, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into them. And I just knew it was Jesus, you know, outside my heart's door knocking. And so I gave my life to Jesus in uh, in 1960. And the amazing thing about this seed of the Word of God that was floating around in my heart, it began to take root. And it was just amazing. I, I, I was genuinely born again in 1960. And so then shortly after, I got a call to uh, Bible college and uh, went to our school in Los Angeles and met my wife, graduated in 19... Met my wife and married in 63, graduated in 1964, and began to pastor three months later. So here I am. Okay, so I know we chatted briefly the other day, and you mentioned that you'd pastored in several churches over the years, and then you came to Hawaii. Tell us, uh, how did you get uh, the role here at New Hope Christian Fellowship? And uh, what kind of ministry uh, does the counseling team have here? Uh, interestingly uh, enough, um, yeah, I have pastored uh, seven churches and pioneered three of those churches. And we had just left the pioneer work in Oregon, and we're kind of in between. And the denomination said, we want to start churches in Hawaii. So they actually gave me a call and said, what you doing? I'm going, well, we're just turning over a church, and they said, well, why don't you go to Hawaii? There was a, a family living in Hawaii who had asked for a pastor. Somehow I got in the spotlight, and so they sent us here to the island of Kauai. And so we were there, uh, actually the first four-square church in the state, uh, and uh, started uh, the uh, the flow, which, and then, then the big guns came. I'm small potato, but the, the, then uh, Ralph Moore and Wayne Cordero came, who are both church planters, and they have planted hundreds of churches, literally in the state, and then around uh, the whole Pacific Rim, tons and tons. So we came, my wife and I, to Kauai, and were there for seven years. Then we went to the big island of Hawaii, 
to Parker Ranch and pastored there for 10 years. And then Pastor Wayne asked if I would come here to Honolulu and help with the prayer and counseling ministries. So, um, you know, one of the big things is setting your heart before the Lord to hear your calling or your genre in which you will be presenting the good news and the gospel. And though I preached from the pulpit and had pastored, pastored a church where every week I had to present a message to a group of people, my strength has always been one-on-one. So New Hope Christian Fellowship in Hawaii, the main campus has a you know about 10,000 people attending services across the weekend, give or take 1,000. <laughs> and there's now 10 other New Hope churches across the island of Oahu, and it's about 20,000 in total. I've heard that there's been like 100,000 people put their hand up to come to Christ um, over the last 15 or so years, you know, just speaking rough figures here. So that means a lot of people come to Christ, and I bet a lot of them need some good discipleship, need some good follow-up, and have some baggage that they need to, to deal with and, you know, healing in their life. You really impacted me the other day in a conversation we had, and you told me the first thing that you chat to people about when they come to you for counseling. Would you share a bit of that conversation with our listeners? Yeah, Matt, this is what's really, really important to me, and I believe it's the call that God has placed on my life, and that's uh, that there are tons of people who believe in Jesus, lots and lots of people, and when Jesus returns, they'll go to be with him. But he said, I have promised you life abundantly, and that means I'm going to be real to you. I'm going to walk with you. And I've, I've been challenging this phrase, well, I'm doing it for God. Uh, I want to. I want to serve God. I want. And Jesus said, "Look, I don't call you servants anymore. I call you friends." And I have discovered, and this is where the heresy might, the heresy bell is going to go off in people's minds, that I really don't do anything for God. What can I bring to Him? What can I offer Him? But I do with Him, because He said, "I want to live in you." And so Jesus said, I can't do these things on my own. I only do what the Father is telling me to do. So the question that I ask people who come with, uh, you see, all of us have baggage. We've all got stuff. And until Jesus becomes very, very real to you, you're going to repress your stuff. You're going to do the Adam and Eve, hide behind the fig leaves. You're going to have this stuff going on inside you. And it's going to motivate you to do destructive things, hurtful things, and you're going to have this pain gnawing in your gut. On the outside, you're going to be like happy as Larry or something, but inside, you're boiling in turmoil, and every once in a while, it breaks out. It'll break out on your wife. It'll break out on your kids, on your brothers, your friends, um, and and the, Jesus is saying the thief is the one who comes to rob, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you abundant life. Well, abundant life is not me striking out and hurting people, then asking for forgiveness and, and, and limping along. Abundant life is Jesus reaching people in my life, not only through me, but me doing it with him. And it's a concept change that absolutely is, is dynamic and necessary for the days in which we live. Because God wants to get the church out of the church, wants to get it into the community. So if Jesus Christ is walking the streets of your village, of your town, 
What is he going to be saying? And we're not going to do what Jesus is doing. We're going to do it with Jesus. What are you saying to me, Jesus? What are we going to do today? So the first question I ask is, is Jesus real? And people, everybody says, oh, yeah, yeah, he's real. And so my question is, and to you listeners, when did Jesus become real to you? When did he? And some people go, well, he's always been real to me, or several times he's become real to me. And so my next question is, well, when you talk to him, what does he say to you? Because I'm real. Matt and I are sitting here talking. When we get finished, somebody will say, well, Matt, what did Pastor Larry say? And he'll be able to tell them at least something that I said. Jesus is more real than me. When you get finished with your prayer session, what is Jesus saying to you? If Jesus is not talking to you personally, then listen, you need to go back to the altar and let him become, appeal to him, plead with him, Jesus, become real to me, because I want to hear your voice. Listen, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They hear my voice. Are you a sheep? Let's see that hand. Okay, good. (laughs) He, they hear my voice. And guess what? They will not follow anyone else. And what's the anyone else? It's anything that distracts me. Any distraction that takes my eyes off of Jesus. Here, listen to that. Throw this in. The one scripture that absolutely nails spiritual warfare is James 4, 7. It says this. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Now, lots of my brothers and sisters in Christ go after the devil. I rebuke the devil. I command it. I, you know, I resist you in Jesus' name. And, and, and we miss it because we cannot arm wrestle the devil. He's going to win every time. But if I submit to God, Jesus is always going to win the battle. Yeah, amen. So just think of this. If you're facing Jesus, then the enemy's behind you doing, saying all kinds of things, doing all kinds of stuff. The world, the flesh, and the devil are just gnawing at you. You're facing Jesus. But if you're fighting the devil, if you're facing the devil trying to deal with all these problems, then you're going to lose. So my uh, question to them, is Jesus real? What is he saying to you? And of course, friends, you guys listening, always pray about your problems. You know, we can complain. But if you go to that place where Jesus is real... And you say to him, Jesus, my friend, or my heavenly father, this is what I'm facing. What do you want me to know about this? I'll tell you, you'll be miles ahead because Jesus is going to tell you what to do. And if you don't immediately have the answer, he will lead you to the person or situations or the scripture that will help you. So here it is. Submit to God and then resist the devil. Will you do that? And then repent <laughs> and come back to the Lord. Now, there might be people listening that have never given their heart to Jesus. And they mightn't even know what the gospel is. Would you share with our listeners in closing, what is the gospel and how do people respond to it? You know, it's it's really, really wonderful because Satan, and, and maybe that's a giant bridge for you to cross to believe that there actually is an enemy of your soul who does not want you to believe in Jesus Christ. And so what's going on around us uh, it, that we can see, taste, feel, and hear is all part of this world. But if you'll just be honest for a moment, look inside you. How old are you really inside? I, I love it at a funeral. I get to say to people, uh, I mean, Matt can see me, and when I say this, he'll understand. 
I'm 32 years old. No laughing. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, chronologically, I'm 73 years old. And and so, but inside, there's this person living there. Now, all kinds of stuff is happening to you in this world. And I know that you're having some miserable times. Even those of you that are wealthy and have everything, your cars and your houses and your food and good times and vacations way deep inside you, there is a longing, a deep longing. You came from Jesus Christ. He created you in his workshop. He gifted you. He made somebody beautiful. And you really are. You were dropped into your mother's tummy, and then stuff happened to you. The world happened to you. And the enemy has come, and he's trying to keep you away from Jesus Christ. I'll tell you that there's no person, no person that God does not love enough to reveal himself to you. The moment you will say, hey, God, if you're there and you're real, I'd like to know it. And he's going to he's going to reveal himself. I don't know how. You know, it's it's going to be an amazing thing. But you will if you're sincere, then he will reveal himself to you. Now, you know the the, the things you've done that are wrong, the people that you have hurt, how are you ever going to replace that? If you've hurt somebody's reputation, for instance, you can go apologize to them, but how are you going to affect all the people that have a bad opinion now? Or if you hurt somebody financially, or if you uh, sexually abused somebody, you know, if you if you have if you've been married and divorced, and I mean, this is all extremely painful stuff. How are you going to make it right? And if it's true that there is a scale that that measures my bad against my good, listen, we're going to lose every one of us because we we sin, we do wrong things in motive and attitude that we're not even aware of initially. And so it's absolutely going to hit the bottom on our bad. But Jesus Christ came. Jesus Christ. You know, like, it's like, how can I talk with God? How can God understand me? And God is going, I'll tell you how. I'm going to send my son Jesus. He's going to live there among you for 33 and a half years. And in that time, he's going to experience all you have gone through in different ways, but he's going to experience it all. He's going to stay pure. He knows me. I know him. And Jesus Christ knows you. He knows your dilemma. He knows what you're facing. And he's saying, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Come unto me. I'll give you rest. Come and learn of me. Listen, God so loved the world. He so loved you that he sent his only son that if you just simply believe in him, you will never perish, but you'll have everlasting life. So the good news is this. The perfect came and lived among the imperfect, teaching us and showing us how to become perfect through him. He paid the sacrifice just through our faith in him. He perfects us. Do I ever blow it? Hey. Let me tell you my address, and, and I'll tell you Matt my address. Uh, my address is First John one nine. <laughs> I live there. It says this: If I confess my sin, He is faithful and just to forgive my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And Matt, I got to tell you truly, I go there several times a day because I will. I'm driving in traffic, I do it all the time. Uh, you know my attitude and actions, and I just got to agree with God that what I did, what I thought 
was not right. But he says, the minute I acknowledge it with him, that that price that Jesus Christ paid cleanses my sin. And he says, and in addition to that, I'll start cleansing you so you don't fall into the same trap. That's brilliant. And you share the good news with such passion. Uh, And I love um, hanging out with a a fellow 32-year-old. It's great. Pastor Larry, if people want to find out more about the ministry, I guess the website to go to is enewhope.org. And uh, there's over 120 New Hope churches around Hawaii, the west coast of the US, uh, Japan, Philippines, Myanmar. Uh, We've got New Hope Brisbane in Australia. Anyone that wants to find out more, uh, just go to enewhope.org and there's a list of the uh, churches internationally. And uh, Pastor Pastor Larry, I reckon you're history maker, mate. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks very much, Matt. God bless you, folks. Thanks so much for joining us on History Makers today. You know, the vision of History Makers is to spread the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. We're now on over 58 radio stations around Australia and Pacific nations, and we're so excited about the opportunity we have to broadcast the good news on the airwaves. If you would like to make a donation, please go to our website, historymakersradio.com. There you can also download interviews. We've got some great web links and some great information for you about following Jesus. So please go to historymakersradio.com. I'm Matt Prater. God bless. Go and make history. History Makers.